It's time for the Hadit.com radio show. Hadit.com radio is an in-depth look at all things VA. If you need help with the VA, log on to Hadit.com. Now, here's your host, Gerald Cook. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, on this first day of April, or April Fool's Day, as some would say, uh, 2016. We're here with my co-host, Jay Basser, and uh, uh, we hope to have a good show for you today, and and, uh, certainly appreciate everybody that's tuned in. Now, how are you doing today, John? Buddy, I'm doing good. Heard some good news today, though. Oh, you did. I heard the, I heard the VA across the board approved every claim across the United States at two o'clock this afternoon. Oh, oh my yeah! Happy, April Fool's! Oh my! Is that Berta? You got yeah. me on that one, John. I believe everybody. <laughs> Uh, the VA uh, probably sent out. They're probably sending out letters saying the same thing at the end of it says April yeah. Fool's. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got me. I don't know. Yeah. How you doing? I do want. <laughs> I do want to go ahead, Berta. Go right ahead, Berta. <laughs> Yep, but uh, I want to touch on something, Dave, on a, a candid situation. Um, we have a lot of veterans out there that were involved in Project 112 and SHAD, and that was a testing of different chemicals and agents, and we used our own troops as guinea pigs for those tests. And uh, the VA is reluctant to uh, service connect a lot of these issues these guys have, and they try to reach out under the under the table, and instead of following the law, they're saying the veteran was not did not have full body exposure. And from what I'm understanding and what I've read, they're wrong in their assumption because uh, they're breaking they're breaking the law because basically exposure and full body exposure is limited to actual exposure. Even say for example, you work for the company that made the chemicals and you're a handler a handler of the company. If you were in a gas chamber that was gassed. Or if you were involved in field testing. Now, Project 112 and Project Shad was field testing these agents and see the effect on the human being. So they're going around saying not full body exposure, in my, in my opinion, is a is an error. And anybody that's got a claim open like that, and they're, they're using it on me to get this to court and get it, get it ratified as soon as they can because uh, the VA is taking advantage of the veterans here, and we got to put a stop to this crap. Uh, now... Don't the claim have to be closed before you can uh, count it as there? You can file a Q claim if the claim is closed, but you have the option, and Berta is really, really versed on this. You have the option of asking the VA to Q itself if it's in process. That's right. It's been working for me, uh, John. Uh, It's the first avenue of approach that I... uh, we consider using uh, at this point, um, but uh, uh, 
with these exposure issues, they really, you know, they, they try, they're trying to, to. I've seen so many veterans just uh, just they'll split hairs. They'll do anything they can do to deny veterans benefits. They well, reach out, I'll, you know. Obviously, they, uh, uh, obviously uh, they will. Is Alex going to be on because he's going to probably talk about the latest way they're screwing, uh, trying to screw Agent Orange veterans. Uh, 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 he'll but, be on or not. He was invited. <laughs> oh, okay, because, gee, because um, I'll have to leave the show. It's I had some farm business tonight, so I couldn't get out of it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 they can, you can ask them to cue themselves if you're still in that appeal period. In other words, uh, I was asking them to cue themselves uh, as soon as I got a few decisions last year. Yeah, right. I mean, the same as decision, it was still wet egg, and I... <laughs> so as long as the claim, uh, Bert, as long as the claim is active, then you can ask them to cue themselves when you find a situation like this. Yeah. Well, uh, it's... Uh, and I... It's... I one cute claim that I had the eight decision uh, when I filed it now, you know, I mean, you, know, you lose track of stuff. But if a 1990 award and uh, I think it was about 2004 that I filed the cute claim on that. That was a tradition. It was on un- I figured, you know, the VA called the queue on itself on my issues. They were ignoring my position on something. But he had to, because a lot to do with my FTCA award. When the region canceled with it, he immediately ordered to call on themselves, and he resolved that issue. So that, that fixed the problem I had been fighting for years. That they were. When I thought about that, I said, "Well, if regional council can ask them to cue themselves, and if the VA itself has certainly been known to cue themselves, they'll do that." So those regulations must be good enough for us to do it too. And they have worked for me. I put my work, but it's uh, if you do themselves, it would be on a decision within the appeal period. In other words, one year after And the last time I did like one. What's it true? I hear was ten times, but uh, it can be. Uh, I did it in 2005 as well. I got a double throw with you, but at the time I didn't realize I could accuse them. Again. I got the pain, which at that time was supposed to get a double throw with you. You shouldn't be getting the same throw, DRO, because that. But uh, and still, my back rep showed up. Review in my behalf 
and either he screwed it all up or the DRO uh, still didn't know how to read English. <laughs> I still don't know. But uh, in any event, that was my most important case. And um, I just but it went to the board, and I was kind of relieved. I figure I don't care how long it takes because I figure people at support will read my evidence. No one at my regional office read my evidence. But so that's my point. If you have a recent decision that contains a legal error, ask them to go to themselves <laughs> and explain that. I'm away from my computer right now. Uh, I haven't been able to post all day at the website. Uh, I don't know why. It might be a situation. But uh, it's all there. But but once that that year goes by without a formal appeal being filed for NOD or anything, then it becomes a traditional claim. But it's the same, John. No, I mean, they, and, and Gerald, they depend on a legal error. Just found uh, getting them to cue themselves right away uh, worked for them. Yeah, because it gets them to act quicker. If they if they act in the other general basis and they let it ride and they uh, let your uh, decision go through after a year and you don't appeal it, yeah, then you then you can file a cue claim officially on that situation, which is actually harder to win. But if you get them to admit they, you know, before that year's up, when you receive your denial letter, but that one year period, you can actually ask them during that time and during the appeals process and appeals there to call a queue on themselves. And that's uh, yeah. Bird did use that. That's a very effective countermeasure that she did use, and she used it more is than one a, time. So, is there a specific regulation you can use to uh, ask them to queue themselves? No. Regulation? Uh, no. But what I did. Um, see, I'm away from my computer. The actual two regulations, I, I would put under auspices of Q that regulation. But then I would say, I'm asking you to on the legal. You can actually search at it. And uh, oh, just yeah. type in the word yeah, search criteria, cue themselves, and all Alberta stuff will pop yeah. up, and it'll, it'll show you basically how to do it. I, I should have the templates there for uh, uh, the types of claims that I filed. Uh, and I was so mad <laughs> when I filed these claims because of these legal errors. Uh, this was last year in a, in a recent decision that I filed them as an IRIS complaint, and also I faxed and emailed the director, had multiple phone calls with the director over these things, because I'm a pain in the neck, uh, and to get rid of me. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, uh, I, I just made the point that legally, the way, uh, John, the way I look at it, if they make a legal error in a decision, and they just sign up on the decision and stick it in the mail, and the veteran or the widower or widow reads that decision, and there's a legal error in it, they have tied that claimant's arms behind their back. They have put them in the crapper because that legal error... Yeah, if, if it's truly a legal error, 
it means they will never get anywhere with that claim. And, and, and to me, it's a violation of our basic rights if they commit a legal error. But uh, but I don't use that position to acute claim. Well, they stand on it, Berta. They stand on that because what they do is they'll issue, they'll issue this decision knowing that they committed a legal error. And then when you oh, get yeah. through and you try, to fight, you, tr- you try to fight this and you ask for the appeal process and you show them they committed a legal error, they're going to they're gonna fight you tooth and nail until you actually go to the DRO and then you wait another two years to get to the BVA. Oh, yeah. After four years, the BVA finally sees and they see the error and they send it back to them, remand them and says, fix your error. And there's another two years you've right. got to wait on because they don't want to fix the right. error because they're, they're, they're refusing to do their job. And it could be six to eight years before you get your claim settled. Yeah. And that's well, what we call well, that, yeah. That, yeah, That's called complexity. That adds uh, that adds banana peels in front of you everywhere you step. Yeah. I mean, I had three They love placing banana peels. Uh, uh, I had three cute claims filed, uh, one in 2003 and then two more in 2004. And it took over six years for them to award all three claims. And you're right. It's exactly the. You're right, John, because those errors that they refused to correct kept following me through the whole system and ended up at. at, uh, Well, it never went to the board. That case I had never went to the board. Gerald's fighting the same thing. Cheryl's fighting the same thing because he's working on an exposure issue as far as Project 112. And what they've done oh. to him is ridiculous because they've already admitted that Gerald was exposed to mustard gas, VX, and other stuff. And then they came out with the mustard gas issue on him saying, you weren't full body exposed. However, the, yeah. uh, the, well, the way it reads is if you were involved, if you were in a test chamber or you're in field testing involving That's these chemicals... Body. That's considered yeah. full-body exposure, but they're using that against right. him, which that's, that, that's a cue in itself right there. Uh, that, that's odd. I mean, my Army husband, you know, I had a couple husbands. <laughs> my Army <laughs> husband, but, <laughs> you know, somebody at my church said, oh, gee, if I marry you, I'll be number three. And I said, no, you won't. You'll be number four. <laughs> I don't think I said that. But uh, my Army husband... Uh, he uh, was exposed to mustard gas testing twice in Germany, full body exposure. And the funny thing is, the first testing went through okay. All the medics checked them all out and everything, you know, and they, that, that was the purpose of the testing, to have the medics there to check their gear, you know, yeah. if anybody got sick. The second test, the guys, everything went wrong. And the guy who made the mistake, ordered, he ordered them to take off the uh, top of their, it wasn't the helmets, it was the top part of the gear that they were wearing. I forget what that, that outfit is called. Hood. The hood. It's the hood. Huh? The hood. It's called oh, the hood. The mask. Or the mask. Mask. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And, and, and some of them did. They all did. They took off. They, they were being ordered to take off the part of the gear. was all noted in, in their SMRs right away because the medics were going crazy treating them and putting all this down what happened. And at first, the medics didn't realize what happened. But apparently, the guy that ordered them to take off the headgear 
probably thought it was a gas mask uh, test for um, uh, not mustard gas, but the other stuff they used. Um, yeah. Oh heck, I can't remember what it was called. Um, uh, these VXBs, the there. CS, uh, CS, uh, uh, rock control. Uh, I, I can't. I can't think of what it was called, but it was a normal uh, gas mask testing uh, stuff. But when it came to the mustard tear gas. gas, tear, tear gas, gas, tear gas, yeah, yeah. a yeah. completely different. Uh, well, for tear gas, they had to take off uh, their, their helmets. Yeah, you have to take the helmet yeah. off in less so many seconds before you can. Uh, yeah. yeah. Let you out of the chamber. Right. Yeah, I went through that. That's a pain. Yeah, we had to say our uh, our service number. Oh, I yeah, uh, I I the tear gas uh, uh, test. Uh, yeah. You weren't supposed to take off anything. Chlorine's what they use. Oh boy, boy. Chlorine, chlorine will cause you lung problems in a hurry, Gerald. Well, you that's what they well. were using, I think, when I was in with chlorine. Oh. Uh, pretty sad. But yeah. we wanted to touch on some of these issues like this because, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. you know, these guys were exposed, especially the Vietnam vets, you know, and the and the 112 vets. There's not many 112 vets left. They're falling over like flies. You know, Boy. And, uh, they're, uh, I mean, in the latest reports I've seen on 112, they started doing a lot more stuff with Project Shad. Then they were the 112, even though Project Shad involved people being on board a ship. And on board a ship, all you got to do is go in a compartment and shut the door and turn the ventilation off, you'll be just fine. But if you're out in the field exposed, out in the middle of Alaska, an elk hunt running around, and they're laying the stuff all over top of it, and then Gerald goes and he's the one who has to launder all the uniforms and stuff. All the, he, he, he laundered all the equipment. And uh, he was exposed to it. He even got pictures of him doing it. Just the way they treat him is, uh, to me, that's a, uh, you know, that that. That's distasteful. Uh, well, uh, Gerald, now, do I understand that what you have at the court is just the shag claim? Is that correct? Uh, no, it's not shag. I mean, 112. Uh, 112. This is land based. Mine's different than the shag ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I always get. Well, there were, there were a lot of projects. Yeah, I couldn't believe the list of names of products with all these odd, odd names that were part of SHAD. Uh, and I wonder if uh, a lot of those veterans even know today that they might be disabled because of those projects. You know, a lot of veterans don't know they're disabled because of the projects. Yeah. Uh, that's unfortunate. Uh, as well as civilians. Uh, we but we unfortunately had you know, there was civilians involved in Oh, I bet. I bet. And they have no clue. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. the most of the Boy. people involved with that 112 and people that don't know or that didn't know were probably members of the Six Foot Under Club because, you know, the majority of them's already gone. Yeah, that's yeah. The morbid, that's the morbid scenario yeah. we're facing today. You know, I, I, I'm starting to remember back in the olden days, uh, Gerald, the old SCR shows. Can you yeah. have a member called Bonnie, and her husband was a project? Yeah, Someone Larry Richards. They were the Shad veterans. Uh, yep. What happened to Larry? He died. Oh, jeez. Uh, bon- Bonnie died. She did. And, 
Yeah, yeah, she died. Uh, uh, actually, well, I, my wife and I went to Branson with them quite a bit. They'd come down and yeah. come through Joplin. And we'd all oh, go to Branson my. together. Really nice people, fine folks. Oh, I bet, I bet. And, I mean, uh, they, they, they were wonderful. Bonnie did a lot on the show to try and... Oh, she was so wonderful. Get people. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but, you she know, passed it, on, too. But, you know, if veterans don't have the internet and they're not trying to find websites for veterans, they're in the dark. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I get news in my email every day. I can't believe some of the stuff I get about the VA and about what's going on and what should be going on and isn't and how they're squandering money and how, well, like Alex uh uh, I I had trouble uh, using the internet today. I hope it clears up tomorrow. He uh, got he's got an article on his site on the uh, latest Cutie sham, where um, they uh, misinterpreted uh, over a hundred thousand claims of Agent Orange veterans who should who had all these other. Uh, yeah, I saw that. That's just, that's tragic. It's got to be criminal, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Ho- hopefully, the new re- hopefully the new regime will come in and they want to prosecute these folks for doing this type of stuff. So we'll see if that gets into play or not here in November. Yeah, They'll yeah. prosecuting yeah. some of these yahoos for doing some of this underhanded dinner under the table crap and all these people are trying to cut veterans benefits and show the veterans are seeing you know being seen on time when they're dying waiting to get in so they can get a bonus yeah yeah it's, just a, it's a racket i'm tired of being slapped on the hand put back to work maybe put in them in the in the orange jumpsuit with some other folks and put away boy oh boy it, it's just—it's just awful. It, it, it's awful. Uh, but I, uh, to get back to Project One One Twelve, uh, One Twelve, uh, Gerald, you still have an open appeal with the court on that, right? Yeah. It's under a remand. Um, uh, that's right. Yeah, Judge Copeland did a remand. But yeah. in in their their own denial, they they stated that the preponderance of evidence, I mean, yeah, the preponderance of evidence, uh, clearly um, makes it clear that I was exposed to radiation, mustard gas, and herbicides, and they've already admitted BX and CERN and some other agents. Uh, so. Well, I I didn't read that in the remand. This much must be something new. Uh, no, no, it's in there. Uh, it, it's before the last remand, and uh, They've already, it's then clearly they in the paperwork. And <laughs> the service connected his ears, ears due to due to exposure to chemicals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did connect. Due to chemical and biological warfare agents, chemical exposure. Mr. Green, and even Dr. Banks wrote up my uh, IMO where I had chemical lung, and even Judge Copeland brought it up in her remand. 
So we're gonna get that back and get that, get that to the federal. <laughs> I'd get my attorney to get that to the federal circuit and get that going. File a, I'd file a written mandamus. It's been long enough. Get that going because they, they they're just doing nothing. They're just whitewashing you. Well, I don't know. Maybe a Q wouldn't be a way to go too. I would end process Q, but I'd do a writ of mandamus and put it together. That way you can, uh, because we know that the full body exposure is holding you back, and you know they're 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 looking at the wrong criteria. That's the Q. You're involved. You're involved in field testing of these agents. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, yeah, so, there's no argument about that. If your attorney that. can't see that, then he needs a pair of glasses. Uh, is Bob Walsh still the attorney of record? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, Bob Walsh is, is brilliant. But if there's a cue there, I would think that's something he would see right away. Hmm. Because no. he saw the cue... Uh, on the tinnitus, right, Gerald? No. No, that's no zero this was before I got Bob, Bob yeah. Walsh. We queued down. Oh. This is back in 2008, wasn't it, Gerald? Was it 2008? Yeah, it was about then. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. 2007, somewhere in there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you something about a writ of man. I, I filed one years ago. Uh, they usually didn't try it off the bat, but sent a copy of the writ to my regional office and they took their thumbs out of their butts. <laughs> I forgot what claim it was on, but, you know, you take a chance. You know, and it shows them that you've, you've got enough brain to know that if they're farting around that you do have some other things you can do to get things moving. <laughs> I mean, I hate to be crude about it, but honestly, I, I, as a civilian, it just astonishes me what all of you guys and the women out there, the men and women who serve our country, and that includes my daughter and two of my husbands, the crap that, that, that is going on with the VA. You know, I used to think uh, 15 years ago, John, that, boy, this, this is a mess. This process is slow. And I never dreamed that it would get worse and worse and worse. And I, I don't know why. It, it's just getting out of hand. But then again, uh, like you say, there's got to be a shuffle. There, there's got to be something. Oh, November's coming. <laughs> That's the way I look at it. Uh, I'm just hoping that something will change. Uh, uh, you know, maybe a new cabinet uh, delegate position, and maybe McDonald will be gone. He, he didn't do the things that he said he would do. And neither did uh, uh, Eric Shinsaki. No, they had their hands tied, Berta. Huh? They had their hands tied. Yeah, I I think they're both good men. I have no doubt in my mind, although I'm still upset. (laughs) Secretary Bob there uh, told that little story to the um, veteran he was talking to. He he embellished his service, but I do believe he did it. Only to get like that one to one with that veteran because the veteran he was talking to obviously had a lot of problems. But still, these are good men. But you're right, their hands are tied. There are people that run the VA that 
control the secretaries of the VA. That's the way I look at it. They keep the status quo. They they keep actually, that not, real. Actually, it's the lobbyists and people trying to get contracts that put them controlling the VA. Well, and the well, Congress involved. There you go. That's got to change, and it's going to. I think so, too. I think a lot of that problem is solved. But you're right, John, that is the problem. And at first, I, I didn't quite see that as a problem, but it is. There's the problem, right? I mean, you know, I worked all my life. I did work in my own claims, where every claim I ever filed, it was denied right away. <laughs> you know, it was like standard procedure. Uh, but I thought that, but it if I had been that incompetent in the jobs I've held in my lifetime, I would have been fired all the time. I could have never kept a, a job. And, and, uh, and veterans are suffering from incompetence and, and in some cases, just pure laziness. Uh, I think that, you know, uh, and like this QTC thing with Agent Orange, uh, I, I thought Alex would be on because... I have not. I, I have a farm, and I've been so busy lately. Between you know this time of the year, I've got outdoor maintenance and a farm that farm that I deal with other people with farmers, and I have been unable to take the time to really figure out what this new deal is. I think, uh, and it's at Alex's site, and then I got other stuff. It's at Ben Krause's site too. Um, and I think he used the word scam. <laughs> you know, uh, apparently, the two QGC characters to go over George Well, then I said, the other guy cut a cute plane. I get on board and hear someone that's talking there almost the same situation and they experience the situation. Well, I always go through. Kind of okay. Huh? Kind of breaking up there. I had a hard time hearing her for a few minutes. She must have a bad connection. Yeah, oh. I think she does. Yeah, oh, Bertie, you're I... breaking. You're breaking up on us pretty bad. Oh, you know what? It must be the weather up here, guys. Uh, and you know what that means? It means I better go. We've had high winds, and uh, we could lose power at any time. So. You know what? I think I better go if I'm breaking up on your end because it means we might lose power up here. But um, it's a good show, and um, I'll be back again one of these days <laughs> to continue to continue the Agent Orange saga and and Project One One Two. But okay. I better. I'm gonna. I'm gonna hang, guys. But I know the show will be good, so just continue it without me. Thank you. Well, thanks for calling in, Berta. We really appreciate it. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. You're, I'm sorry. It's breaking up. Uh, okay. Thank you. Bye, guys. Okay. Thank you, Bertha. Bye. Okay. Now let's take us into part two, Gerald. Okay. Part two coming up. Discussion of Agent Orange and non-malignant respiratory disorders. Okay. Let's see. We have a caller here. It looks like Bill Chica. Okay, go. Let's bring Mr. Chica into the game here. Here's hey. Bill. <laughs> Gerald, John, how are y'all doing? Well, Bill, you're doing? fine, Bill. We appreciate you calling in. You're quite welcome. It's uh, uh, a good subject. Uh, you and I both being from Fort Greeley during the Project 112 years, and, uh, of course, Agent Orange there also uh, was there also. So yeah, Yes, it was. Uh, we had plenty of evidence of that. Yeah, the... Uh, yeah. The, uh, you know, there's so many, the presumptives that uh, the VA has acknowledged, just looking at the list uh, that they have, uh, I've ended up with four of them, four of the presumptives. And uh, I've got, uh, I've already got Agent Orange ischemic heart disease. I've had a Agent Orange heart attack. I had a stroke uh March the 16th that we're still trying to figure out what to do and uh, my doctor says that's ischemia so for our veterans that end up with strokes uh, and have been exposed to Agent Orange it is ischemic uh, in value so that means that uh, there's a relationship between Agent Orange and that. Also the uh, uh, carotid artery disease and atherosclerosis which I also have those are all ischemia. Uh, you can't have any of these without really one or the other. They all just go hand in hand. Uh, so, you know, uh, there's an interesting uh, article in Cancer uh, uh, Online, and uh, this has been fairly recent. Uh, it lists prostate cancer, which I also have, and notes the uh, the severity of prostate cancer. People say, uh, well, prostate cancer is one of the easy cancers to cure. Uh, well, that's not really true. If it's Agent Orange prostate cancer, it's extremely aggressive. And this article in Cancer, on which is online, a peer-reviewed journal of the American Cancer Society study, uh, suggests that Agent Orange exposure history should be incorporated into prostate screening decisions for veterans. Uh, the the importance uh, it says of uh, uh, an important distinction is the majority of prostate cancer cases are non-lethal and thus do not necessarily require detection or therapy. But uh, they're say, saying having the means of specifically detecting life-threatening cancer would improve the effectiveness of screening and treatment of prostate cancer. 
And uh, the art, this article goes on uh, and discusses uh, the risk values uh, and percentages uh, concerning those that have it. Uh, I found out something also concerning Agent Orange prostate cancer that according to the, uh, the same group, that 88% of veterans that are treated with radiation treatment of Agent Orange prostate cancer will have a return, a recurrence of the disease uh, in five years uh, is what they're saying. So when it comes back after five years, in other words, I'm probably going to be in that percentile, 88%, as well as some others, you've got some real problems in, and your mortality rate really jumps higher. So our veterans need to be very, very concerned about prostate cancer and the fact that there's a distinct difference between it and Agent Orange prostate cancer, which is a very, very aggressive cancer, uh, and the mortality rates uh, are very, very high on it. So, uh, one there's one now, thing. Now, have you had your prostate removed, uh, Bill? Well, no, I haven't, and they declined to do that because of my ASA level. My ASA heart level is at a three, uh, ASA level three, and therefore they don't want to put you under if they can or do anything uh, that involves major surgery. That's one of the problems. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah. And I, I don't know. The only thing that they have left to do is to remove that, but then you still have a, a problem with the actual cells are still in the, the bloodstream and in the body. So it, it's, um, it's, uh, it's Russian roulette is it what is it is. That. Yeah. yeah I, I had 42, and they... I was I was at a Gleason score of seven, which is what they say is the 88% return of Agent Orange prostate cancer is a Gleason score of seven or higher, which which is what I had, and uh, the other score that they rated it was a two T two T C I think is what I was, and uh, which is pretty significant um the you know so when you start dealing with the presumptives now remember you and i gerald were outside of vietnam therefore presumptives really do not apply to us so the va has had a history of denying us on a well that's that's for sure but when you're exposed bill i don't care if you're in vietnam or alaska Exactly. Or Texas, or wherever you're at. When you're exposed to an agent, you're exposed. Yeah, and, and the same effects. Uh, you're going to have the same effects as someone that was in Vietnam. Uh, and uh, the BA has has really taken advantage of that, uh, denying veterans that were exposed. Uh, it puts them half jump through hoops. Uh, James Cripps is a fine example. You know, <laughs> he was able to prove up his actual Agent Orange exposure, but it took him 
quite a few years and, and a lot of luck uh, that he was able to prove it up and actually get the documentation. So uh, the exposure, uh, it, it shouldn't matter where you're at. If you was exposed to it, you were exposed to it, and you, the presumptive should be the same. Yes, and I agree 100%. It hasn't, just because you were in Vietnam, should not uh, negate the fact that you were stationed at another post that happened to have it. The chemical was still the same and does the same to you. There's a report that I found uh, many years ago, and I I don't know, I think it's still on had it, but the report is uh, by a Colonel Trevis, Trevis, uh, T-R-E-F-Z, and it's a... uh, the corporate author was the United States Army Material Command Installation and Services. And this was a training uh, uh, itinerary United States Army Material Command herbicide training conference 10, uh, through September 10th through the 14th of 1973. And what this seminar training uh, series was in Colorado Springs, Colorado, in 73, it sent all these people that were picked from all of the military installations within the continental United States and Alaska. Fort Greeley is on the list, and even one of the people that they sent there, I happened to not only know, but worked with when I was with engineers, uh, Harold Tyken. He's on that list. You could pull that up on the internet, uh, but it also may be available still. It had it in the archives. And on that list, there's over a hundred military installations, including where James Cripps was stationed, Fort Gordon, Georgia. So we have over a hundred military installations that have for, uh, that have Agent Orange that were used at that at those installations. Therefore. The presumptive list is worthless, as well as the argument for acute and subacute versus chronic, because we've proven uh, that these diseases uh, don't show up immediately. Most of the time they show up later, and it's another bullet hole that we put into the VA's airbag when they try to throw that in the court system. Um, under under the uh, 38 CFR 3.309, they have a, a definition of acute and subacute peripheral neuropathy, uh, which I also have that and have had it for a number of years. And what happens is the veteran has to form a chronic defense, and he still has to battle outside the, uh, the Vietnam uh, barrier, but he can do that because um, it's already been proven that a veteran, according to, uh, uh, I think it's um, uh, due to the uh, Veterans Dioxin and Radiation Exposure Compensation Standards, uh, which are, uh, uh, that, that act is what it is, uh, it specifically says that the veteran does not uh, it does not preclude a veteran from establishing his entitlement to service connection in these type of situations so as long as there is proof of actual direct causation. That's in Schroeder versus West and in Combe versus Brown. 
But competent medical evidence is required as here. The determination issue involves medical causation. Uh, if you, I, uh, there used to be a couple of um, BVA decisions that I posted on had it years ago. I still I don't know if they're still there or not. But one of them had an opinion, uh, and it was due to chronic peripheral neuropathy, and it was without diabetes type two mellitus, which the VA had years ago wanted to associate. You had to have diabetes before you could have peripheral neuropathy. That has since been done away with, kind of, sort of, but you still have to distinction. I don't have diabetes, but I've got peripheral neuropathy. That points to even more likelihood of exposure to uh, dioxins in Agent Orange. So uh, uh, Dr. Durham uh, is one of the doctors that, did the testifying before the the BVA, and um, he he was very uh, very good in his uh, presentation before the courts, and what he had to say. Uh, there was also a, a doctor uh, Yu Y U who also did a listing for the BVA, and listed it in there. So um, I think Doctor Durham. In what he in what he had to say, uh, basically, uh, he said he began his letter um, uh, in the BVA case by noting that he has taken several comprehensive histo- uh, histories from the veteran and can find no other type of exposure, either personal or industrial, that could potentially account for the veteran's neuropathy. He also noted reviewing the veteran's medical records, including the above examination report, his own medical records, VA's guide on Agent Orange claims, and the veteran's rating decisions, and Dr. Durham concluded, acknowledged that the veteran's claim was denied because he did not complain of symptoms within the very short time period cited by VA after exposure to herbicides. That would bring in the acute and subacute laws. And here he stated clearly, documented in the medical literature, that neuropathy can be latent for a period of up to decades and a denial based on short-term exposure and short-term initiation of acute complaints seems to be somewhat seems to be somewhat arbitrary. So this claim, by the way, was approved, was granted, and uh, the veteran he's got to get competent medical uh, opinion and bringing in the chronic claim that it can happen and it can be done, and uh, you know you. You can get that done. I, I still have not gone to court. They have still denied me. We're still in the appeals process for peripheral neuropathy. And uh, I have not filed a – I just had the stroke, so I haven't had a chance to to file a claim for the stroke, but it's going to tie in with it as well as with the uh, – uh, it's going to tie in with that as well as the uh, uh, a, uh, ischemic heart disease. So, you know, we've got a lot, we've got a lot facing us, uh, and trying to hold on long enough to get this stuff through. So, the, the battle for Agent Orange. Uh, I also am a, a nuclear radiation veteran, 
and with a tumor on my thyroid, which is a dead indication, as well as uh, uh, a rare bowel disease called colitis. And uh, I'm being treated for both of them and monitored. So we st we still have to get through that. Dr. Vash's opinion was that the nuclear radiation and Agent Orange were working in uh, synergistic uh, effect, working together, in other words, in unison, uh, that caused these. So uh, pretty a pretty deep field for our Agent Orange veterans, and the best way to to learn about it, of course, is to get, like on Had It, to get with people like Gerald and John and others, uh, Alex, Berta, that have got history of helping other veterans or themselves have been affected by it. Uh, I guess I could be put into that class, too. I've tried to learn as much as I can about it as I go down this battle. So, John has been a a huge instrument uh, to help me in my endeavors. And, uh, uh, and and by the way, pulmonary hypertension is a very rare disease. It's a it's a artery disease of the lungs, which would be ischemic, and in form. Which guess what? That would tie in. I'm service connected for COPD and restricted lung disease, and I don't smoke. So <laughs> does Agent Orange cause these also? Well, go figure. Uh, I'm service-connected for it, and the pulmonary hypertension is mandatory 100%, but because of its relationship of being ischemic, an artery disease of the lungs, just like ischemic heart disease is an artery disease of the heart, or the stroke that I had, that's ischemic and carotid artery disease and atherosclerosis, those are ischemic uh, diseases. The VA does uh, seem to uh, service connect for Agent Orange, but the, the veteran causation. Yes. Anytime you have blood vessels inside your body and there is a level of plaque, doesn't matter the location of the plaque, that's ischemia. Yes. And anything that can break off. Now, the problem with you have with the diseases and the blood pressure and, and, and the stroke is a person's blood pressure is not always the same. It, it elevates and lowers. If you can keep your blood pressure more constant, like 120 over 80, and keep it there, your person is usually just fine. But what happens is when pressure raises and lowers and raises and lowers, it acts like a switch pump. And it causes that plaque to break off and go into your brain. That's the worst side of stroke. Or if it's under your heart, it does the same thing, and it goes through your heart into your lung. That's a that, that's a PE. So it's, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. Well, John, uh, wasn't the VA, are they still considering using hypertension uh, as a presumptive to, to Agent Orange? Are they considering that still? Last I heard, they were. I think there's some. Uh, I've looked at the Federal Register. I think there's some opposition to that because most veterans have hypertension after a certain amount of time, but their hypertension regulations are, you know, they've got them pretty much set in stone. You have to be diagnosed within a year of getting out of service. 
Yes. And uh, it's, a, it's a pain in the butt. And in order to get any compensation for it, uh, your diastolic number has to be 100, and your systolic has to be 160. That's a 10% parameter of the factor. There's no listed 0% rating in the, in the schedule for rating disabilities for uh, hypertension under the 10%. There's no zero. Yeah, so, so that if the veteran is being treated for hypertension, that doesn't, such as myself, if the veteran's being treated for it, that doesn't have anything to do with it. Well, now they've got their own little cop out too. They state right in there that it's under content with continuous medication to control, so they kind of threw in there too. So, but if your hypertension is, uh, if you're if you're compensable in hypertension, you're taking medication, then medication is not working. And there's some people are taking mega doses of, of of blood pressure medicine. Personally, I'm one of them. If I didn't take my medication, my blood pressure would be 200 over 150 all day long. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it's very difficult. I mean, and uh, I was diagnosed after I got out of the service, and uh, the VA denied me up and down for I guess from 1986 till uh, 2003 when they finally when they finally gave in. But I had to go get every blood pressure reading I ever had, made a chart of it, and gave it to them. So that's, you know, I mean, even though you have it and you can show that you were diagnosed with it after service, they're still going to try to deny you. They do everything they yeah, can they do. Have. Le- yeah, they have. Of course. They'll do anything they can do. Anything they can do yeah. to, to, to deny, especially to deny me. And uh, so that's, but uh, finally they uh, had to give in, though, because uh, I went for a CMP exam or something else and, uh, they looked at a couple of heart casts I had, and uh, I walked out of there with heart disease and hypertension service connected. So I kind of <laughs> got lucky on that one. <laughs> wow. But I was wanting to, uh, uh, I was wanting to go over this report, guys, that I've been reading. Uh, you guys got a copy. This is interesting stuff here. They might be adding new new presumptives to Agent Orange, <clears throat> and these are uh, non-malignant respiratory disorders. And basically, that means uh, you know, malignant means some type of cancer. But uh, you got some disorders here, you know, especially with Gerald. You know, you've got uh, uh, emphysema and COPD and other things that can be associated with Agent Orange. And they've done study after study, and they've got the results of a lot of studies right here. They did a study in 2006, due in 2010. These are VA studies, and uh, they need to get on the ball with these things. Yeah. Well, I think the Institute of Medicine's the one holding this up, actually. And, of course, yeah. you know who the Institute of Medicine works for. The VA. Uh, but, yeah. But uh, uh, it's so unfair to veterans, especially if they've been exposed uh, uh, not only to Agent Orange but other agents, uh, that could have uh, the same mimic uh, uh, symptoms of Agent Orange. Uh, uh, it it seems quite clear to me that that uh, from reading this report, uh, the second VA study at 2010, you know the the mortality patterns. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Chemical Corps veterans who were uh, exposed to herbicides in, in Vietnam. I mean, it, it's uh, even the more more 
mortality uh, rates uh, uh, shows a pattern here, and and why the VA pipeline? Well, now the study it also works. included the, it also included the people who actually worked for the companies that made the, the TCDC or TCDD or herbicides, and most yes, of them people did. died quickly. And they realized these guys were exposed to it every day and had a heavy exposure. And but then, you know, but they also had other issues too, like COPD and emphysema and non-cancerous respiratory disorders, basically. And but the VA copped out and said that the, uh, there's too many discrepancies among studies of non-malignant respiratory disorders for it to make a definitive or even limited suggestive ruling on association between respiratory disorders and exposure to Agent Orange. Now, you know, and I know, and we know that the Spanish word for this is toro de caca. It's you don't know what so toro sad. de caca means. Yeah. What's so sad, John, is that, that the such as the uh, widow of a veteran that does pass away, they'll use this because cause of death will come into play, and if it shows up in there as not part of his service connection uh, that he Me has, know. then he's going to be in, well, she's going to be, or he, widow or widower, will be toast. You want to know the sad part, Bill? What's that, John? Oh, all, all of the thousands upon thousands of veterans that have already died and have these issues, and they never received a dime. Yeah. Yeah, there's been a lot of them, too. Their wives are having, you know, their wives probably struggled and lost everything they had, having to move back in with the kids and all kind of stuff. How many lives have been ruined, or you know, because of this activity? Mm. Illegal activity, too. We've got some folks who want to put them in jail. And uh, they need to go there. A couple of folks need to wear an orange jumpsuit. I'm not going to say names, but hopefully they will be here in November or January. Wow. Well, well it's crimes I... against humanity is what it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, there's no excuse for it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a genocide. It's no different than genocide. What uh, they need to they... do is do like... Do like what they need to do is take these chemical companies like uh, Dow or whoever made this Agent Orange stuff and make it just like the asbestos industry. They need to bankrupt them, take every dime they got, sell everything they got, put them in the, <clears throat> put them in the poorhouse, take all their money and put it in a trust fund, just like the asbestos slush fund, and have these veterans or people exposed to Agent Orange go into that fund and take a certain amount out for each person exposed. Right. And that'll keep that'll keep a law group busy for years, but that'll at least be some fairness. That would be fair, but the VA is, doesn't understand that word. The VA no, don't understand don't a lot, care. Bill. No. The only thing the VA understands is, let's see, if I deny this guy, I get a bonus. <laughs> That's what that problem is. Here we go. You don't believe that? You don't believe that? No. Hunter, what was it? Re- re- I'd like to see their... It was $172 million in bonuses two years ago. I'd like to see what their job description is and what the rating criteria says in order to get a bonus. 
But for oh. somehow that must be a secret document because that's hard to find. If anybody works for the VA out there, won't you slide a copy our way? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> we we wouldn't put it on. We wouldn't make it public. Like no, not public. Mm. We, we would keep no, it a secret. <laughs> I would we keep might, it a secret between me and another person running for president. Not in a hurry. Might yeah. keep their name secret, but not that <laughs> yeah. not that report. That's for sure. Yeah, the names are changed to protect the innocent. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. But still. These studies are good, but the IOM, I'm, I'm with Gerald. They're 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 roadblocking everything, you know. And uh, this temp, this hypertension, you know, I think that should be an automatic agent orange myself. <clears throat> Ischemic heart disease is, is presumptive. Yes. I think uh, there's enough evidence to support it, and there's actually, uh, I don't know, you know, but, we have so many law firms. Dealing in VA uh, affairs now that uh, they should be able to take us on and get us some relief. I'll tell you why they're going to go against this. You want to know the truth? Well, there's a lot of veterans with hypertension that's due to the right. Here's a veteran in service. Here's a veteran in, in, in service. Okay, he's got hypertension. Okay, he gets out of service. He's still got hypertension. And say eight or ten years goes by, <clears throat> or a shorter amount of time, they go in and he find he takes a chest X-ray. Next thing you know, his heart's bigger than what it's supposed to be. He don't have one drop of ischemia in his heart, but he's got heart disease. That's hypertensive heart disease, and that's also <clears throat> a service-connected disability. So the floodgates are going to open, and they're going to realize this. And then this 10% is going to turn into 30% or 60% plus uh, plus the 10 because you can't combine them. It's got to be separate. So they're not, they're, they're not willing to. No, the, the, it's not pyramiding. Hypertension is a vascular disease, and heart disease is heart disease. They can't pyramid okay. them. It's got to be separate. <clears throat> Unless oh they goodness. change hypertension. Yeah. What a mess. Yeah, so it's a. Uh, Actually, to hit that white speck on a pile of uh, on top of a pile of chicken crap, you know, that white speck is. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm. Now, Bill, you got your service connected based on uh, heart disease, didn't you? No, no, lung uh, there they lung they sent disease. me to a C and P exam for to service connect the heart. Uh, and I haven't heard back. It's been uh, two or three months ago, and uh-huh. they were going to uh, try to service connect my arthritis, my heart, and my uh, sleep apnea. And we haven't heard back from them. No, so you I don't won't need it for a while. Yeah. Bill, you mind if I, I gave a little bit of history up and uh, put it in a little way so people can understand it? Yeah. Years ago, Catholic contaminant. Captain Tamman was one of the top fishing guides in Corpus Christi. He was the man. He stayed on top of them fish, and he caught them by the boatload. Well, he started having problems breathing. Of course, he's been having problems for a long time. He filed his claim to the VA. So they said, yeah, you got COPD. And uh, they said, we're going to try to service-connect this. 
Well, next thing you know, the VA, who's the VA was trying to change his diagnosis to asthma. I remember that like yesterday. They tried their best to change his diagnosis to asthma, and now service connected. They tried everywhere in the world, and Bill, and then he had a heart cath after his heart attack. Bill's got pulmonary hypertension, and they refused to service connect that. He even told them they refused to do it, even though he had it. So this guy's out of five people you wouldn't believe in the VA. Of course, he's won both at the court and and, and at the other levels. So finally, they got it straightened out, but it took a long time, too long. I still have a big battle facing me too. Yeah, so uh, it just gets longer and longer. I could just tell the veteran, you just can't give up. You never give up. You got to keep fighting, and just have faith that. Somehow, somewhere down the line, you're going to win that battle. Just don't give up. Don't give up. My partner right now that was with me at Fort Fort Greeley was my fueler. is is now suffering from multiple cancers in his body. He's not even 65 years old, so he can't draw Social Security yet. And now he uh, he's going through the fire where where I went. And was exposed to, to radiation, Agent Orange. So is he, and it's uh, really a mess. And I, we cannot even get a decision on his claims that we had filed uh, over three years ago, and we can't get a C file. They won't give them to us. And he he is an example of a veteran that really doesn't want to mess with them. He wants them to leave him alone. And you can't have that attitude and expect to win against the VA. And I, I'm very sorry for that, uh, that he will, doesn't want to try to pursue it, even though uh, his wife wants to. And Well, you know, just, you know the road to service connection, Bill. Yes. There's a road to getting service connected. Every veteran has to travel this road to get it. Now, you have to park your car at the bottom of the road, and you got to walk up the road, and you got to walk real, real carefully. Because they got claymores everywhere. Yeah, There's nails in the middle of the road. Every obstacle they can throw at you is in that road. We know that truth, don't we, John Gerald? Yeah. Yeah, Folks, yeah for I would, sure. I would. I'd hate to think how much experience there is between Gerald, John, myself, and Berta. Uh, dealing with the VA, how many years of experience together we have of fighting with these people uh, that really should be all filed under RICO, racketeering and conspiracy charges for doing what they do because they know that this is criminal and they still do it. Hopefully that's going to change, right, John? That's going to change. Plus there's some other issues that uh, <clears throat> I won't start focusing on here before long is uh, I'm going after the uh, Federal Windfall Provisions Act. And uh, it's different than the VA, but what happens is these federal employees that, uh, like these poor people work at the VA, so they got Billy Bob Veteran that weighs 600 pounds and they have to move him from a table to something else. They destroy their back moving this guy. Workers' comp shuts him down. The VA retires him, puts him on disability. 
Then next thing you know, they're taking six percent of their retirement because they're under a certain age, and Social Security comes in and says, "Okay, you get Social Security, but then we're going to take half big, give it back to the VA." So if you're so a person making sixty thousand dollars a year is barely bringing home a thousand dollars a month after to pay the stinking insurance. That's oh that, that's that's my next go. Oh my goodness. And people don't understand what's going on, and why can't they go after these people? Mm-hmm. That's because the lobbyists and insurance companies, the lobbyists and the insurance companies are involved. It's not lobbyists; it's bribery, and they should go to jail. Uh, it's conspiracy. Uh, it's well thought out, well orchestrated, mm-hmm. choreographed. Well, it's it's by design, to- that's for sure, and. And like I said, we have enough law firms now, major law firms, dealing with the VA. It looks to me like they'd all join hands and do a a, uh, a major a deal that they have to take to the Supreme Court and get some kind of uh, relief, if they can get a relief from the Supreme Court. There's too many veterans groups that stop that, Gerald. There's a... Uh you got too many DAVs, American Legions, and MOP, and oh. the BVA, and the DDA, and the CCA, and the BOA to be your POA. And uh, But what happens there is uh, these attorneys are good people, and they have really good intentions. But attorneys tend to cherry-pick claims and try to find the easiest ones they can do at an early enough time they can do. Because if an attorney gets into your claim too late in the process, the VA, given the ultimate executive power they have, can look at the attorney and say, sorry, Jack, you don't get paid. Uh-uh. Well, well, the yeah, attorneys I... are becoming reluctant to take these claims on. Well, why couldn't That's they all, but it's join together too. and do a class action suit? Couldn't the attorneys do that? I know we have enough veterans involved. They'd have to sue the veterans organizations. Well, if they're, that's they're, what right it now, takes, right now uh, that's what it takes. Right now they're acting just like a right just like a political party right now trying to screw somebody out of a out of a run for the for, for the top seat, see? These veterans groups are doing the same thing because attorneys are encroaching on their positions. Even though uh, they're could it bottom be line. That, uh, I have to ask this, could it be that some of these veterans organizations are part of the problem? Well, when our guidelines say their ultimate responsibility is to fair on the side of the VA, what do you think? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, uh, <clears throat> something is not right because veterans are not getting a fair shake. And and uh, you wonder if there isn't some wheeling and dealing going on behind the veterans' back. Uh, I'll teach you I don't term know. To learn I'm the Navy not journey. just going from observation. And uh, you can go through, uh, people don't have to take my word from it, go through and read the Haddock website, all the different, we have 14,000 members, over 14,000 members, and you can get a a good, close uh, opinion or, or be able to make some kind of rational decision of what's going on by reading uh, these different posts. Uh, it, uh, there's 
too many similarities. It don't matter what the claim issue is. It's the treatment. It's the same. Good point. Good point, Gerald. You're 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 yep. the scum of the earth, and you're trying to get something for nothing. Yep, um, you're a dirtbag trying to get something. Yeah, and and uh, like I said, it don't matter what the claim issue is. The treatment's the same. The excuses are the same that they use. And, yeah, yeah, and uh, so. This is by design, and and folks need to realize that, and and don't get too bewildered when you get slapped upside the head. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of an old Navy term we used to use when the petty officers had the E1s and E2s on a working party. You could do what you wanted to at will, you know, to get them to do the job. They started using this term called bohica. I asked him what bohica means, and he told me, bend over, here it comes again. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, a lot to be said to that. <laughs> That's in the, uh, that was in the terms along the Army's term of FUBAR. <laughs> FUBAR, yeah. That's FUBAR. <laughs> but uh, it's a battle. It's always a fight. If you don't fight, you're not going to get nothing. That's yeah, the sad part mean, about it. And this is not to say they're not going to throw someone a bone once in a while. And, you know, uh, if you're in a, you happen to get a good, decent raider, they'll treat you fairly. Uh, we've seen some veterans do quite well and get their claims settled up in short order. And I know one veteran got one veteran got 10% for something. He sent him a letter back and said, you all missed a zero. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, yeah, 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 he, yeah. I can visualize I mm. that happening. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's. A, if you really want to chill out and think about it, you can put ACDC on or Nazareth, listen to some of their songs. Yeah. You can play a hair of the dog and tell you all about the VA. Yeah. Uh, just don't get too bewildered, folks, because you're not alone. And and uh, uh, like it said, there's some very good people there that had it, and they'll try to steer you in the right direction. I don't know anyone on had it that would intentionally mislead anyone. Um, yeah. And you vets that are just now going through the process here, say you get your denial letter in the mail and you're trying to find somebody to represent you, uh, you can use a veteran service officer. I mean, they recommend to use them. You know, they're, they've got some good ones that'll help you. Of course, these guys are really busy because they've got a lot of people. But personally, I would try to find me a good claims agent or someone that does this, you know, that, that can have the same services as, as, a, as, as a veteran service officer. But, uh, they have more to. Uh, they've got a little bigger stake in the deal because you know they'll get paid in the end, and uh, somebody like John Dorley and other, something like that would be a perfect person to use. You know, just remember, the people that's representing you, they have to have something in the picture. You know, they've got to have something to look forward to, or some kind of incentive to do your claim. 
And if these people that don't get paid and don't have an incentive to do your claim, they're not necessarily going to give you the correct, proper presentation and representation that you deserve. Well put. Well put, John. I don't know where Alex is. Alex Graham is, or Rajnod is on his uh, uh, his schooling, uh, whether he's taking the final test or not, but he's soon to be fully so certified also. Right. And, now, if you're a uh, Vietnam vet, you know, Vietnam vets yes, and veterans yes, raising issues, uh, if you've got any hepatitis issues, liver issues like that, Alex is the number one person in the yes, United States is. up on this stuff. He's got a claim going like that. Yeah. But remember something, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of guys get uh, contract hepatitis from doing some pretty raunchy things. Yeah, and, uh, so I mean, uh, he had that hepatitis, and that was yeah. from them doggone uh, guns, air guns they were shooting us all with back then. Yeah. Uh, yep. And, and I... Yeah, I've been shot with them. Luckily, I didn't. Well, I still remember that hurt. That was painful. They lined us up down the hallway, buddy. It was like they were shooting at us every 10 seconds. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah, you couldn't walk fast enough through there. Everybody's seen big old blood. Blood going everywhere. Blood going, blood, 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 blood creek running down their arm. Yeah. But but we were told it's perfectly. Shot with shotgun. <laughs> yeah, perfectly normal. But we were told it was perfectly safe. So now well, you got every disease. <laughs> I, I was going to be the first one in line. years later, and you find out you got hepatitis. Uh, I'm going to be the yeah, first one in line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you better be. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't be 300 down the line like most of us was. Because <laughs> you, um, you've got every disease, you know, 299 I never had in your arm. <laughs> but if any of you out there had, have hepatitis and, and uh, uh, they use the Americans on you, you uh, be sure to investigate that. Uh, uh, you may have a, a, a claim. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have fixed that, then too. they come up and they say, well, anyone's got a tattoo. That's why, how you got your hepatitis. Yeah. But if you been, if they use the Americans on you, uh, you could be a prime candidate for hepatitis. I don't care how old you are. If they had something they could dip them things into after every shot, you know, to sterilize it and shoot, it have been different. But he's in too big well, a hurry. He to get you through. That's in big induction centers, boy. Lay it on you. Yeah. Yeah, so. But uh, that's kind of water under the bridge. Of course, the bridge is no longer there. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, you got to swim across. They don't do that anymore, do they, John? Gerald? No, they don't. No. No. Well, when you got as many. When you got as many people going into service now as you did back in the in, in, in days we went in, well, they could take their time and pull the needle out and shoot somebody. Twenty minutes, the next guy comes through. When we was in, it was three or four hundred lined up, and they ain't like it no more because nobody's going in the service, and we only got like twenty people left. So, yeah. <laughs> so I made a joke the other day. They they sent them fifty advisors over overseas there into the desert to help combat ISIS, and somebody says. Well, 
Well, we'll sit 50. That's, yeah, that's all they got left. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably right. I feel sorry for them because they're sure not getting much support, I bet. No, it's busted bra syndrome. <clears throat> yeah. They're not getting no support. Their back's breaking. <laughs> I'm afraid our military, I'm really concerned about our military being up to snuff and and uh, I hope the next president we get in uh, will take care of be one of the first uh, things on his agenda is getting no, the military brought back. We're legalizing marijuana now, so we've probably got a lot of folks that are probably high as a cat now. Yeah. You know, this is, this is terrible. This is terrible. Yeah, it is. It is, really. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully we'll get situated. Our Navy gets built back to where it's supposed to be. Yeah. Get enough ships to take care of business. Now you got got uh, problems with maintenance, and these ships ain't being maintained, and they've got several carriers now trying to get, them to get, get maintenance done on them, and it's costing the other ones because they're having to extend the patrols and, or they don't have enough so they just don't go. Why Kim Jong Un down there is firing off missiles left and right? Yeah. Now they're worried about ISIS uh, getting all, getting the nukes. Uh, it uh, the world's going crazy. So uh, we need. Well, I'll tell you what they they, they 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 explode a dirty bomb and something like that was to happen. That would be the uh, that that would be the icebreaker for this country. Uh, if something was to happen be. like that, then it would be it'd be very detrimental to the politicians in office. Well, uh, the way they're crossing the border coming into this country, it seems like without any opposition, uh, the border patrol their hands are all tied. We can't do the I job. They end up with dirty bomb over here. Uh, it, it could be ugly. Well, I, it is so it is so bad. Uh, I live 150 miles from Mexico, and you just can't believe how bad the problem is, and and how extensive it is. And uh, border patrol agents are now, you know, they got their hands tied. They they cannot treat these people as illegal aliens, and uh, I. I think everybody saw the Border Patrol Agent uh, Association, first time they've ever done this, they have publicly come out and said, we are telling our folks to vote for Donald Trump. So what does that tell us? Tells us we're in serious trouble. Exactly. But they, they see him as a candidate who is going to go after the problem. And they he see is, yeah, uh, the only one that will do that. Donald Trump has made no bones about it. He wants to close that border down, shut these illegal aliens down, and send a bunch of them back home, if not, you know, the ones. Uh, we have some real, real bad dudes over here. I mean, drug dealers, murderers, and everything else. Uh, that need need to get out of here or be hung. In my opinion, I think I'll be hung. But. 
It's, uh, it's gotten out of hand, totally. It is out of hand. Somebody let 60-some druggies go the other day. They were doing big sentences oh, nationwide. God, I, I hate to hear that, too. I, I know it, man. Yeah. That's bad. That's bad. Well. That's not helping the situation. We have a... We we do have a situation. Uh, you take uh, economy and and uh, we have a lot of issues that need emergency attendance. Uh, Got to be attended to, and the economy, of course, being one of them. But then we have our military, and that uh, it seems like there's a lot of priority ones that need to be attended to. It's almost, Gerald and John, it's uh, to the point that how in the world is the next person that's going to set foot into office going to get this thing turned around because of all the multiple fronts that we have failed upon? I don't think they can turn it around, uh, Bill. I think they can start the process, kind of like turning a large ship uh, you got to start way before you want to make the turn. Uh, at least get it started. If we can get it st- started in the right direction, then hopefully whoever their successor is, they can continue down that road. But I don't see it's in such a state now. I don't see how it can be done, in, in, especially in one term. Uh, but it's got to get started. If we don't get, we can't continue where we're going. And no, oh wait no, we a can't. minute, we we can't be. We're not supposed to be talking about politics. Well, we was. We're not. This all has to do with the veterans. Uh, this is a, a veterans issue here because it's going to affect all the veterans. And. Uh, for years uh, to come. Yes, it is. So, I mean, you have to have a good, strong economy or the veterans are going to suffer the consequences, as well as the rest of the country, I'm sorry to say. Well, without a veterans, without our servicemen and women, we're not going to have a country because there won't be anybody to fight for us. Uh, that's Isn't that the bottom of the barrel the way it I is? I think that's the bottom line, Bill. Veterans yeah. are the backbone of this country. Uh, I know a lot of people don't appreciate them, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> Let's hope we never have to find out. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm afraid we're facing sooner than later. Yeah, me too. But uh, at any rate, folks, if you're a veteran out there and you get in the claims process, do the best you can and keep marching forward. And don't be afraid to ask for help, because help is there and it's available. That's right. That's yes, right. Yes, and, and just you can't give up. You've got to continue to be your own best advocate, and don't get don't get tired, don't get fatigued, and just quit. That's what the VA is expecting. 
that's what they're trying to do is to get you frustrated uh, to quit, and you just can't do that. You've got to maintain those are your benefits. They are not incentives. Uh, those are benefits that the veteran has earned. It comes with the territory of being a veteran. That's true. And, uh, you know, every time a veteran gets taken care of, it makes this country a little bit stronger. Stop and think about that. Uh, so uh, we all need to be working towards helping other veterans be successful. Uh, if they have a legitimate claim, then they 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 are deserving. And uh, remember, everyone gets taken care of, makes this country stronger. Uh, you know, I would much rather see a veteran get his deserved benefit that he is going to get those benefits rather than giving those benefits to somebody who did not earn them or had a right, and they call it an entitlement. There's a difference between a benefit and an entitlement. And i much rather see our veterans get their benefits than to see these people who get these entitlements and something they have not earned. Well, folks, we're out of time. We're going to close this thing down, Gerald. Okay. Boy, this time went fast. Well, Bill, we appreciate you coming on, and, of course, we appreciate Berta being here. She always uh, is a wealth of information. And, Bill, you've, you've enlightened us a lot, and and hopefully we'll get you back on here real soon. And, uh, uh, folks, don't forget, Hatter does have a donate button, so if you see your way clear, uh, hit that donate button, give a dollar or two. You know, if you got an extra 10000 that won't hurt either. Uh, I'm sure uh, T-Bird could use it. Uh, and with that, uh, oh, and John, thank you for being here. And uh, You're welcome. with that, it's been Gerald Cook with the uh, Hatter Podcast. We'll be signing off now. You've been listening to the Hatter.com Blog Talk Radio Show, sponsored by Hatter.com. All opinions expressed here are the opinions of the individuals appearing on the show and are not the opinions of Hadit.com or Blog Talk Radio. Tune in next time for another edition of Hadit.com Blog Talk Radio and the Ask Bastard Show.